Welcome to Off The Cut, a podcast where we talk about building, making, and answering all of your questions. I'm Eric from Spensley Design Co. And I'm Zach from Zach Builds. If you have a question that you would like us to answer on air, you can send it to offthecutpodcast at gmail.com. You can find both of us on YouTube, Instagram, and unfortunately, because we have to keep up with the kids, you can find us on TikTok too. All right, now let's get into the show. Hey, what's going on, uh, everybody? Today is National Peanut Butter Lovers Day, but Zach, I'm sure you're probably more familiar with it as Tuesday, March 1st, 2022. (laughs) Start of a new month. Okay, so let's talk about peanut butter real quick, because I've I've got some thoughts on peanut butter. Some semi-controversial thoughts. I'm not a big fan of peanut butter and chocolate together, Mm. which I know a lot of people are, Mm -hmm. and it often ostracizes me in social situations. Mm -hmm. People find out that I don't like peanut butter and chocolate. I like them both separately. Fine, mind you. (laughs) But like a peanut butter chocolate chip cookie is not really for me, and I find a lot of people can't accept that. They like, they fight me on it. See... I, I'm not a huge sweets guy. I think we've kind of discussed that, right? Yeah. I like a good chocolate. I'm a, I'm a dark chocolate kind of guy. So like, I'm, I'm more of like the savory flavor. It's not a milk chocolate kind of guy. Yes. Gotcha. But the peanut butter, I think the peanut butter and chocolate ratio to me has to be dialed in. Mm-hmm. So like a regular size Reese cup, the one that's what, like two inches in diameter or something like that. Yeah. That that's a great peanut butter to chocolate ratio if you start getting the really small ones too much peanut butter uh, oh interesting same yeah, with yeah. the really big ones yeah have you ever it's, seen one of those ones that's like the size of a dinner plate yeah <laughs> the, it, the whole ratio is off and that's, that's true. I never you lose me that. on that one i never even thought about it because you're right the, the ratio doesn't scale correctly when you're no. changing the size of the cup uh-uh, uh-uh. have you written a letter to the Reese's people about this you know i have and I've heard nothing back. No. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, the humanity. Oh, it's bad. But where do you stand on the creamy versus crunchy debacle? Oh, you know what? I could honestly go either way. It depends on the mood I'm in. You know, yeah. if I want like yeah. it, it also depends what I'm putting it on. So if I'm going to put it on like, you know, like a rye bread toast or something like that, give me the mm-hmm. crunchiest peanut butter you can. Mm-hmm. But if there's a piece of Wonder Bread sitting in front of me. I'm going to go smooth because I'm just going to embrace the fact that I'm eating like a five-year-old. Yeah. And and you also, I don't even think you have the possibility of spreading crunchy on Wonder Bread because it's like true. rubbing 40 grit sandpaper. That's true. You would on destroy, tissue paper. He would destroy <laughs> the Wonder Bread in seconds if he tried to do that. We actually got a Wonder Bread factory. And I don't know if it's like the Wonder Bread factory, but it's one of them um, I assume- in downtown Columbus. Oh, really? Okay, so I yeah. assume that Wonder Bread has such a short shelf life, although it probably doesn't, but I imagine that they must make, like, there must be a Wonder Bread factory in every city, because it's not the type of thing I do you, imagine. Do you have you, one? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. Well, I well, I can't leave the people hanging. Let's see. Yeah, yeah. Wonder, okay. look, look Wonder Bread I, And I'll tell you a funny story. Near my shop, there's a candy factory. I think it's like a Wrigley's factory or um, one of the other big candy companies. And on su- certain summer days when the bl- wind is blowing just right, the entire shop will smell like gummy bears. It's amazing. Oh, <laughs> see, downtown Columbus will smell like bread because oh, they got 
the Wonder Bread factory. So yeah, that makes sense. I Googled it. I can't okay. figure out how many Wonder Bread fa- factories there are, but there has apparently there's one that was built in 1923 in Buffalo, New, Buffalo, New York. It's now abandoned, oh. and it's a hot spot for ghost hunting. Oh, all the all the uh, Wonder Bread ghosts. I don't know. I was trying to think of like. What, what would what would make a Wonder Bread ghost? Like somebody fell into the mixing vat where they're mixing the wheat? Possibly. <laughs> or maybe in the oven, like the Wonder Bread oven. Oh, man, that's dark. I shouldn't have gone Oof. down that path. I'm sorry, everybody. No, now I want to know. I wonder if the that, that guy that screams at ghosts on Ghost Adventures has gone there. <laughs> you ever I've seen that actually, show? <laughs> no, I've never actually watched any of these ghost hunting shows. Oh, they're good. I imagine, yeah, like they, they're so popular that they must at least be entertaining to watch. Like whether or not you believe in ghosts, they must be sure. at least fun to watch, right? Sure. Like it's, either you're either you're watching it because you're a true believer or you're watching it to laugh at the people who are the true believers. But see, here's the thing. It's and it's just like I'd relate it closely to like an HGTV show, right? Yeah. Where like the homeowner walks in. And they're like, oh, my gosh, the paint scraped. It's going to be $50,000 to repair it. They blow everything out of proportion, right? They have to make some one of those like cliffhanger moments to go into a commercial break. Totally. Totally. And so the the ghost adventure, ghost hunting shows, whatever, uh, those shows do the exact same thing. So like it'll end with like, a, oh, my gosh, commercial break. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then you'll just find out that like somebody like dropped a camera or, or something like that. Like nothing. Yeah, actually yeah. Happened. I can actually I can picture it perfectly in my head. It's like the loud noise and then like a whip whip pan on the camera and then cuts a commercial. Yeah. What happened? Yeah. Exactly. Oh, that, so have yeah, you ever gone to any of those like quote unquote haunted places? Actually, now that you mention it, yes. Uh, so it was my girlfriend's mom's birthday on oh geez uh saturday night friday night and yeah, yeah. we went to uh do they have the keg in columbus or in ohio what was it called? It's, it's like a restaurant called the keg it's like a steakhouse mm. okay it I'm must be anything i apologize so anyways we went to this this restaurant called the keg here in toronto and uh this one it's a pretty big chain like they're around but there's one specific one in downtown toronto that's inside of a of an old mansion and the story, the word on the street is that this particular keg is haunted and all the staff who work there late at night hear like weird noises and see ghostly figures moving around. Uh, I saw nothing except for a very delicious prime rib, but (laughs) Oh baby. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I hear there's a lot of ghosts floating around this place. Yeah. That's wild. So have you ever had any, we're just even about peanut butter. This is how we get on tangents here. <laughs> yeah, I know. Nothing, you, nothing building related. We're talking about ghosts for the entire show. Well, we'll get there. We got questions. We got I a know. boatload of questions that hopefully we get to. But have you ever had any, let's say, like weird experiences that you can't explain? I don't know. Like 30 be, plus years of living. I can be super disappointing here and say, like, not really. No. Okay. Okay. I'm, tr- I'm racking my brain trying to think of something. What, did you have a good ghost story? Well, I'm trying to think. So I feel like mine's not so much story. Okay. It's photo. And if oh. I, 
I don't know where my damn phone is. And this isn't going to be much for the, for the podcast. So I guess instead of digging up this photo, I'll just I'll just tell you yeah, describe what it happened, to us. right? <clears throat> so my I think I was like 18 or 19 and we went my mom, dad and then my middle sister, we went out west and so we hit up a bunch of like the national parks and stuff like that. So we went like Grand Tetons, Yellowstone, nice. All that stuff and um one night we like we, none of us had been to Vegas, so we're like, "Oh, we'll go check out the Vegas." We don't gambling doesn't do anything for me. It's not fun. Yeah, and like, I, you're with your family too, so probably yeah. not going to get too crazy in Vegas. No, and so one of these things that they had was like, and I guess it was one that like my mom had researched or whatever. It was like this like ghost tour thing. Right? Oh, nice. Okay, yeah, that's fun. And so we went on it. We were just like, you know, it wasn't crazy expensive. I think it was like twenty five dollars, and if Compared to Vegas prices? Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty cheap, yeah. right? So we went on it. They were like, you know, just kind of taking us around like, oh, this is the, you know, like a park that they had famous shooting. Here's where like, um, I think it was like Tupac supposedly got shot. Uh-huh. And I'm probably, I probably said the wrong person, but it was so, uh, like a famous person I think and a bunch of like. I think Tupac died in Vegas. I think so. Yeah. Allegedly, uh, he's <laughs> yeah, he's, he's still, still alive. Obviously, he's still alive. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but so so we went to this this one park, right? And we were trying to. I guess they were telling us all about this. You know, there was like a kid here or something, and they're like, "Oh yeah, right over by this bench was where this kid basically just got like mowed over." by a car from the mob right and we're like oh my god that's super tragic and they're like yeah sometimes if you take like photos over in that area you can sometimes see stuff and we're like okay yeah whatever right yeah and so we're just snapping a bunch of photos and i still to this day claim that i was the one who took the photo but my mom swears it was her so i give her the credit oh interesting and it's what's really strange is if you look by the table, you can see like half of a body walking by. And I tell you, there was no one there. Wow. It's the craziest thing in the world. So and I'm, you you have this photo. Like you could show this photo to people today? Yeah. Wow. And I'm trying I'm trying to I'm scrolling through the old photos on the computer. And of course I'm not gonna be able to find it, right? <laughs> I feel wow. like I'm I gotta be close. It wouldn't make for a good uh, podcast if you found it. So <laughs> let's see. Damn. Of you know course what? I can't find it. Listeners, I'm but, gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and say that Eric's making this up right now. Okay, okay. <laughs> no, so here's a, here's another <laughs> here's another one. So this was when again my family we went to Ohio State Reformatory, which if have you ever heard of the movie Shawshank Redemption? For sure, yeah, definitely. It's where this was filmed. Okay. So it was an old prison, right? And so now it's open. It's supposedly haunted and like all this, you know, weird kind of stuff. And um, I was testing out my camera and you're just taking like still photos. Like it would make sense when I show you this photo. I have this one. It would make sense that this would happen in the photo if I was moving. Because you'd be like, oh, it was a, it was a long, you know, shutter release right so it was like your lens is open for a super long period of yeah, time yeah you get like a streak or something. so i was yeah i was literally taking a photo of the floor 
just to like test out my camera. Mm -hmm. And let's see if I can show it. This is one photo that came up. Okay, he's sharing a screen and with me right now. Sharing screen now. Uh, oh, th yeah, that's a very clear face right there. Very strange, right? Like we're talking like kind of like top left corner. There's like a very yeah. like sinister looking. It's like it almost looks like Snape from, uh, from yeah. Harry Potter. So to describe it to people, think I'm looking like literally panning the camera down at the floor. Yeah. Just like, you know, maybe you you lifted your phone up to look at a text message or something. And there's just a like flat ground. It is in focus. It's not streaky like the camera was moving, like it had a long shutter release on it or anything. Top left corner in like this bright red pink color, there's this face that looks like they're kind of looking over their shoulder, mm -hmm. looking right at me with this like kind of creepy look to it. Yeah. Very strange. Very strange. I don't know if it's anything, but there was no one obviously on the floor. No. So it's kind of... Definitely uh, not. You, know? you can see on the right side of the frame, there's something going on there with the tiles. Like you can see the tile pattern is like repeated and then offset a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I have no explanation for this. This is probably one of the best ghost pictures that I've ever seen. I'm not, so, I'm not even going to lie. Very strange, right? Yeah. I got to try to find that one from my mom. We're going to have to we're going to have to find a way to like upload these photos for other people to see because people need to see this here. here I'll tell you what we'll do for all of our fine folks on Patreon. Oh, they're definitely going to get to see it. They're going to see it. I'm uploading it to Patreon. So that's going to be one of many of perks that all of our Patreon members get. In addition to the after show, they're going to get first dibs on looking at this ghost picture. And if I, I can find the other one. Perfect. I'll post that too. But yeah, enough ghost talk. <laughs> oh, but I'm starting to really enjoy the ghost talk. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, well, hold on. Let's see if I can find. I'm going to give it one more shot to find this other okay, one. Okay. While but, you're looking for that, can I ask you a question? Absolutely. Have you ever seen any convincing UFO footage? <sighs> I haven't. Okay. But so now we're going to go down a whole rabbit hole and people are going to think I'm absolutely crazy but i'll tell the story anyway right <laughs> Please do. okay so have you heard the concept of sleep paralysis yeah i've actually experienced it once or twice in my life terrifying yeah very very freaky when it happens to you so for people at home that don't know what sleep paralysis is one there is a fantastic documentary on netflix called nightmare oh Okay. It's all about sleep paralysis. Um, you're going to think it's like, you know, people are just like totally off their rocker talking about this stuff. But so the idea is basically. Imagine it as you wake up while you're sleeping, but it's only like your eyes that wake up. So like you, you can see what's around you, but you are literally paralyzed. You can't move. You can't talk. You can't make any noises, but you register yourself as being awake. Yeah. And from my experience, like I could feel sensory input. Like I could feel like okay. if something like brushed against my, I remember there was like a fly in the room with me and the fly landed on my arm or something like that. Mm -hmm. I could, if I could mm -hmm. feel it kind of tickling me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And 
So that's basically what sleep paralysis is. is It's effectively you woke up in the middle of the night, but your body is paralyzed. And so typically people can like look around the room with their eyes and see stuff. And what's really interesting is that there tends to be um, a couple common things that people with sleep paralysis see. It's like these shared things, which I had no idea. Okay. Um, And they talk about it in that, in that documentary, super interesting. So I won't, I won't, you know, spoil it if anybody wants to watch it. But so I was in my apartment in college and right at the foot of my bed, it had like a closet door, like kind of what you see behind me, Zach. Mm -hmm. And everybody's seen that like classic scary movie thing where, um, basically the light kind of like, what do you call it? Like drapes around the door where it's like, whoop, whoop, whoop. Oh like you yeah, can see okay, like yeah. outline of like the like the gap between the door because the yeah. door has a what like an eighth inch gap on all sides. And I remember waking up in the middle of the night and hearing this like humming noise, which is really strange, right? And then after I hear that humming, the humming gets like a little bit louder, but not like anything crazy. I was just like, oh, maybe it's like the the furnace or something like that. Sure. But it gets stronger and stronger, and then this light pops up around the door, and so I'm like oh, buddy, what's going on here? And I was like, this has got to be like a bad dream or whatever. But I look around and I'm like, everything looks normal. Nothing is out of place. And then the door slowly just starts like creeping open. And then I would just remember, and this was probably the course of, if I had to put a time frame on it, but I couldn't, about 10 or 15 seconds, I just remember like the most extreme panic i have ever felt in my life like you've all been no scared kidding. or like oh you almost get hit by a car and you're like oh i was close or whatever but yeah. like magnify that times like a hundred but i was like dude i am dying right now and i woke up and i was like i have never screamed this loud before in my life and my foot was inside of the wall like literally like t- to my knee was inside of the wall Wait, wait, and my wait, sister was in. How, how do you mean? Like, like you saw your leg inside the. Like, what do you mean? Like, explain this a little bit more. <laughs> I physically, like, when I like came out of the sleep house or whatever, my, f- in like from my foot to my knee was inside of the wall. In like, reality, like you kicked kicked your way yeah. through like the drywall. Yeah. Oh. Oh my God. Okay. So like I was like whatever was happening. Like I was fighting something, yeah, and like bad dream or whatever, man, it was crazy. That's insane! Wow. Like so, I've had nightmares, but never that bad. So you know what? While you were telling that story, I did have uh, a memory of something that mm-hmm. could qualify as a ghost story. Okay, if let's you hear would it. indulge me here for a moment. When I was very young, I was probably maybe about ten or so at the time. So keep in mind, my memory is probably not great of this moment. But uh, I used to live in a not very good neighborhood. And my parents and I, we lived um, in an apartment above a store. And it was pretty common that the store would get broken into in the middle of the night. And there was kind of like, so we lived on the second floor of this building and we occupied about half the space. And the other space was office and storage space for the store down below. Um. Mm. 
so a couple times, you know, crackheads or whatever would break in and like try and rob the place. Usually mm-hmm. they wouldn't come upstairs. A couple times they did come upstairs. Uh, and that was always very interesting. It was always my dad, like having to, you know, get the baseball bat out in the middle of the night and then call the police. Mm-hmm. Anyways, one night yeah. we're sitting there, we're watching a movie and I have this, I'm sitting on the couch. I have this, there was two doors. There was a front door and a back door and they were both kind of internal to the building. Um, okay. And I'm looking at the back door from where I'm sitting on the couch and I see and there's a light on in the hallway, very much like what you were describing. So I could see this like stream of light coming in through the back door. Mm-hmm. Um, and I see these footsteps on the other side of the door. Like under the under like the threshold of the door. Or whatever. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. And all of a sudden I think, oh, my God, you know, crackhead is broken in. So mm-hmm. I let my parents know. They immediately call the police. I ran to my bedroom and I so from my bedroom, I could look down the side of the building and I could see like the rear exit of the building. And then from another angle, I could see out the front. Um, so my parents call the police. They, you know, my dad gets the baseball bat or whatever. And I'm on lookout trying to spot this person. We made a bunch of noise. We said like, hey, get out of here. Like, you know, beat it. Sure. Um, and so I'm up on the balcony playing lookout and nothing, nobody comes out. So the cops arrive and we're like, we're pretty sure the person is still in the building because they have not left out of any of the exits. So the cops come in the front door. They like, you know, they go through the entire building. They look, they, you know, they search the entire place. Nothing. Nobody. Okay. So I, you know, I'm no signs of like forced entry or anything. No signs of forced entry. And that's a great question because like normally in the past, like there's always like a jimmied open lock or, you know, like somebody kicked a door in somewhere or something like that. No signs of forced entry, nothing like that. But man, am I ever sure that I saw those foot steps like on the other side of the door. That's nuts, man. Yeah. That's the closest thing I have to a ghost story. All right. Well, while you were telling me that, I searching through my photos yeah, and got it. I found the one I wanted to share with you. Okay. I'm excited right. to see this. So here it comes. Here's a share window. Shit. Where is it? Is that it? I think it's hold on. I'm in full screen on my other screen. It'd be funny if it was like, Oh my, my computer's glitching out. I can't, I can't share it with you. <laughs> can't share it. Let's see. Tell me if you can see it or if it's messed up because it's in full screen. Uh, it is, I can't see it. It's kind of messed up because it's in full screen. Okay. This is a great podcast, by the way. <laughs> oh, people, people, I, people at home are at the edge of their seats. Okay. <laughs> oh, here we go. Okay. Oh, it's coming through. It's coming through. It's loading. Okay. Oh, I see. So you see the, the foot by, so the, what is this? There's like a bench and then a garbage can next to it. Yeah. So for the people at home who don't have, uh, you know video capabilities because this is audio right now again i'll throw this one up on patreon too um on the right side of the photo is a light post and then directly in the center of the photo you see a park bench right in front of the bench if you zoom in can i zoom in maybe maybe (laughs) can't zoom in um you can see what appears to be a person walking from the right of the photo to the left of the photo. Mm-hmm. However, the their leading foot is the left foot, and there's definitely some sort of sock or shoe that's black. I'm seeing, but, it looks almost like a sandal to me. 
Yeah. But what's interesting is if you can kind of make out the foot on their right foot that's in the back. Yep. And it's bare skin. Yes, correct. It appears. I see that too. And then you can kind of make out an upper body, but not really. Yeah, it's you can kind of see like the fence in the background is a little bit distorted. Yeah. So you can like it's almost like the person is like they're completely invisible at their head. And then it's like slowly fading in towards their feet. Yeah. And their left foot is the only thing that's actually like really there and crisply in focus. And again, this is this was taken in 2012 on an iPhone at night. So if you know how bad taking photos on your phone is at night now, imagine 10 years ago. So this one is not super crispy, Um, but still interesting. It is interesting because like there's nothing else in the scene that you could be like, oh, that's like a like a reflection or like that's, you know, that's a bush that's kind of blurry there. It's like "Mm, it's in front of something else. So this is a pretty compelling ghost photo as well. I like this one. Yeah. Again, this one, we'll throw this one up on Patreon, but, uh, you know, I think that's all I got. I don't got anything else. Yeah, that's all I can think about the moment, too. So should we uh, should we switch gears and maybe talk a little bit of woodworking and building? Let's talk about woodworking. So I know. What was going on this weekend? I didn't go. WorkbenchCon. Oh, yeah, yeah. We should talk about Workbench Conference. Um, so I wanted to go. But yeah, me too. When they first started selling tickets, Canada was rump <laughs> was rumping. They were <laughs> ramping up their COVID travel restrictions because of Omicron or Omicron or whatever you want to however you say it. Um, and I was like, ah, man, this is just going to be too much of a hassle. I might have a hard time getting back into Canada. So I was like, you know what? I'm just not going to do it. And then the Omicron or whatever wave seemed to kind of die out and travel restrictions ease back up really quickly. But at that point I kind of made like other plans. I was pretty busy and yeah, Yeah. that's, that's kind of my excuse for not going. What about you? Yeah. So I had the discussion with my girlfriend about it. Like, I wanted to go. Can I, I can I just say something yeah, yeah, yeah. real quick? Uh, last year, or no, two years ago, I made the mistake of bringing my girlfriend with me to Workbench Conference. Okay. I was like, oh, you know, it'll be fun. We'll go to, you know, we'll go to Atlanta together. I'll do the conference during the day. And then at night, we can see no, Atlanta it's together. All night. It's all day. It's all day and it's all night and it never stops. And my poor, poor girlfriend was basically alone in a hotel room in Atlanta. Ooh. And I feel really bad about it. So everybody out yeah. there listening to this, don't bring your significant other to Workbench Conference because you won't really, unless they're involved in the scene and they want to like, you know, meet other creators and stuff, but it's not going to be a vacation. Or if they're totally down with doing their own exploring with whatever you do in Atlanta. For sure. For sure. I'm not well versed on the Atlanta scene. Yeah. Atlanta is kind of an interesting city. I didn't realize it was as spread out as it is. And there's not really like a, a walkable part of Atlanta. So plan on renting a car if you're going to do the whole exploration thing. Yeah. <laughs> but, but so, you know, I I knew it, it had come up. I don't know what they announced it in like October or something like that. Something like that, I think. Yeah, sure. So I had thought about it. I was like, I think this would be a great opportunity to, you know, get my face out there you know, network with some people, just have a really good time. But then I looked at it, I was like, the ticket was like 
several hundred dollars, right? Oh, easy. Maybe even maybe even it like might have been five, like five or six hundred bucks. Yeah. yeah, not cheap. So I was like, "Ooh, that's kind of steep." I was like, "Well, you know, business is doing all right. I could swing it." Yeah. And I was like, "Well, then I'm gonna have to fly." Yep. Then I'm gonna have to get a hotel room, mm-hmm. plus all like the food and you know drinks and everything. I was like, "There's no way I'm gonna get out of this for under fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars." That's I would I would budget two thousand dollars for the trip. I think that's approximately what I spent last time when I went. Like, yeah. and the flight wasn't even that expensive, but it's like all the little things really add up, you know, like shuttle to and from the hotel, all that. So it's sure, it's a choice sure. for sure. Like, you have to want to go. And I like, don't get me wrong. Like, I think it would have been a fantastic experience. I would have loved to have done it. I just, I don't think I could have justified that expense. For sure. Right now. For sure. Because for me, I would not be going as like a like a hobby kind of thing. This would be like, I am going to improve the the business and everything that I have going on right now. And I don't know if I can get a $2,000 return on investment with that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, you know, I will say that I went uh, two years ago or whatever. Well, maybe it was even three years. COVID's been, uh, it's been going on for a while now. Uh, <laughs> and I really, en- I really enjoyed it. And it, it you know, Prior to Workbench Conference, I really felt like an outsider in the kind of like woodworking scene. But after going there and meeting so many people, I got to like spend time with all these people that I see on Instagram, that I see on YouTube. And it was nice to just like introduce yourself to them. And like, it's like, okay, yeah, like I'm I'm, like on speaking terms with like, you know, the Wood Whisperer, whatever, you know, big name you want to say. So that part of it was really enjoyable and it just made me feel like so much more of a commu- uh, of a member of the community after going. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, yeah. So that, that was my experience. It's for me, like the, the, the social value that I took away from it was so much more than the monetary value. Like, I don't think I got, that I don't sense. think I made any serious sponsorship connections or anything like that while I was there, but I just got to meet a lot of cool people. So talk to me about, the sponsorship stuff there. I know that they have like booths of brands, but like what's, uh, what's the environment? Is it just like, Hey, fill in the blank Tom from ABC tools. My name's Zach. Nice to meet you. Like how, how does it kind of work? Do you like give them your media kit where you're there? Uh, no, at that time, I don't even know that I had it. I, no, I probably did have a media kit. I was mostly just collecting cards. Like I would spend, you know, mm-hmm. 15 minutes talking with a guy from saw stop, take his card. Sure. Like, Hey, if I need anything table saw related, like I'll talk to you. Um, it's okay. almost kind of like a job fair. Like they have these booths set mm-hmm. up and then there's like people just kind of, you know, like hovering around the booth, like just waiting for a chance to talk to one of the reps from the different companies. Yeah, um, yeah. but it's, they, they have like this big, or at least the year that I was there, they had this big hall and the brands were just basically like camped out there 24 seven and people would come and go from this, you know, you would have like your breakfast in this big hall and there was tons of different opportunities to talk to all the different brands. I mean, the team from SketchUp was there. They had a bunch of like demos. The saw stop team had like a table saw set up and they were running hot dogs through it. Uh, um, I'm <laughs> trying to brought think. Worse, though. Yeah, no. <laughs> and I think the Arbor Tech, I think Arbor Tech was there with a like a power carving kit. I think that was no. Um, who was it? Oh, the, the it cuts was, all. Cuts all. Yeah, yeah, not Arbor yeah. Tech. 
Yeah. yeah. So it, that was that was kind of interesting. I think Craig was there. AWP, Firm Grip, they were there. Um, uh, Home Depot was there. Yeah. Mm. As a Canadian, it was not. It, it was probably less. Um, less good, <laughs> less beneficial yeah. for me. Cause a lot yeah. of the time I will like, if I talk to, if I go to home Depot and talk to them, like, Hey, do you want to do some sponsored content? They'll be like, you got to talk to home Depot Canada, buddy. So mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe not with quite that much attitude, but it's, uh, I feel like if you're an American, you probably get a lot more value out of workbench. That's what I've heard. And I've heard a lot of Canadian creators get, basically like further down the line of sponsorship and then they get to the contract and then, then they read it and they're like, Oh wait, you're in Canada. Ooh. We can't do this. I've never I've heard actually, that happen to a lot of people. I've never actually had that happen to me. Knock on wood. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I, I put the, I put the Canadian flag in my Instagram profile. So nobody has any, <laughs> any excuse <laughs> not to know. <laughs> well, so other than, uh, well, actually I got, I got one for you. Okay. Other than WorkbenchCon, something I did weird this week, I got approached. So I'm gonna have to be vague about this because I don't know if it's uh, if it's out. Okay. I don't think it's out. A specific TV network Ooh. reached out to me, and I'm just like, this is a scam, right? For <laughs> sure, a scam. And they're like, hey, we're doing this show, and we want basically like online creators like youtubers and stuff like that to be on this show oh that's cool so so i was like okay are you gonna be on the next Um, season of hype house (laughs) no (laughs) i'd have to be 10 years younger for that but um so they approached me they're like hey do you want to be on this show and i was like sure i was like are you like flying me out somewhere and they're like no we're actually the way we're recording this TV show oh, no. is that it's all done over like Zoom, like a video chat, like we're oh, talking now. Oh no! And okay. I'm like, what an awful concept, <laughs> right? You know what? Okay. So, I say uh, my first reaction is like, oh no, what an awful concept too. But I absolutely yeah. love those movies where it's like told. Yeah, have you ever seen? Uh, I'm trying to think of like. Um, there's one where there's like a guy searching for his daughter, and it's like literally the entire movie is just told through his like laptop screen. It's like him opening Google, him doing like voice calls on his computer. I think you know uh, uh, Steve Ramsey, though. Yeah, woodworking mere mortal guy. He, if you follow his other channel, it's awesome. He's got tons of personal stuff. Oh, really? And every year he does. He's a huge movie guy. And every year he does his like top 10 movies of the year or something. And he posted about some movie that was like, it was like a slightly like maybe like a thriller, scary movie. And it was all done during COVID. And so nobody could be like on movie sets. So they recorded it like all through like Skype chats and stuff like that. And like you said, like, like Googling stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I actually really like that format. So maybe that would work really well for a TV show. I was too quick to judge. So, so maybe, maybe let me give you a little more info. Okay. okay. So (laughs) they, so they, so they tell me, you know, this is again, this has been going over the course of several weeks. Right. And I, they're very vague and they're like, yeah, we're going to, you know, record it over Skype or whatever. And they go, the, 
the theme of your episode is architecture. And I'm thinking, great. I know nothing about architecture, nor do I know anything about what the hell this show is even supposed to be, mm -hmm. right? I'm like, is this like a is this like a game show or like what are we talking? And they just like gave me no information, okay. right? Okay. And so they, you know, they do a couple like test calls where they're like, you know, they call you to make sure that you actually have internet and like stuff like that and that you have you know, audio that works or whatnot. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, okay, you're good to go. And I was like, wait, 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 what, what are we doing? And they're like, all right, we'll see you at the, at the main call or whatever. I'm like, what in the world? I guess this so, is like part of the thing. Like they want you to go in cold. I don't know. Okay. And <laughs> so then, you know, I, I log on to the, like this call that's going to be recorded. Right. And it's, the weirdest like interface it's not like skype zoom or google or anything like that it's some like proprietary one where they can basically record you through your camera and you know all that kind of stuff mm -hmm. and i just get onto this call and i don't know about you i've never been on like a tv production thing mm -hmm. dude they must like pay by the second because they were absolutely trying to hammer this thing out really okay wow yeah. and so Basically, the premise of the show is that they would ask you trivia questions, and then you had to be the first person to respond. Oh. As you can imagine, when you're doing a video call over the internet, <laughs> one person typically has better internet than everyone yes. else. Yeah. So we would have this thing where somebody would read the question, one person would already start saying the answer, and then you'd see somebody else raise their hand like five <laughs> seconds later. So this this poor girl in the first round didn't get a single question right. Oh no. And she's in like Hawaii or something so with bad latency. Yeah, I don't know what it was. But yeah, the premise of it was like you were answering like trivia questions. Okay, okay. So how'd you do? I got to the last round and then the one guy beat me and it was, there were some of these things where I could tell that they were religiously significant monuments mm -hmm. and I didn't want to say the wrong thing. Right. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And I was like, I'm just not going to guess. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. That's uh, especially if it's I something that's going to go live on TV. You don't want to get on like some religious wacko, wacko's exactly. bad side. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I'm going to play the safe card here and just not guess on some of these. Yeah. Very fair. Very but fair. All in all, you know, it was interesting. It was kind of fun to do. I've never experienced like a TV set mm -hmm. like that before. So it was fun. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know. I have no idea if it's ever even going to go live. That, yeah, that'll be interesting to see. Like, I wonder if they're doing it with like a million people and they're just going to take like the, they're like the ones. The best with, ones. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. But well, that's cool. It was man. strange. So, um, yeah. I guess you can't say the network or when it's going to go live, but I'll be, uh, no. I'll be curious okay. to see. Are they going to at least like uh, show your social media handle or anything like that? Uh, they asked for it. I don't okay. know if they're going to. I would say that's a pretty good sign. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Good promotion I mean, for the all channel. in all, I... The whole thing took me under an hour. Whoa. So it was a very good return on investment. Yeah, no kidding. At least it was just like, you know, it was fun to see how the stuff went. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Interesting, I've, I've done a little bit of TV stuff and it's been the complete opposite. It's like 
they want you there at 8 a.m. and you're not leaving until 8 p.m. And most of the time you're just going to spend sitting on your hands. <laughs> yeah. 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 So. You just eat all the meat and cheese. That's the thing. There's always craft services and there's like there's always unlimited food and drink. And I make sure I get my payment in that. Do they have uh, do they have alcoholic beverages on set? No, unfortunately not. I think that would be a little bit of a disaster uh, if they did. That's a shame. I could have made a trivia game really good, though. It's true. It's very true. That would be a great trivia show where just so, everybody's completely drunk the entire time. What's well, like that drunk history? You ever watch that show? Yeah, I do. I love that show. <laughs> uh, it's pretty good. So other than film and TV shows, what yeah. do you got going on over there? What did you do this week? Uh, you know what? This week was a lot of just kind of wrapping up other projects. I had a big table that I just finished. So I was like shooting the outro, the intro, all the yeah. photos for that. Um, alien table. The alien. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was writing a bunch of scripts for upcoming videos. I got, I think I have a very busy March and April coming up in terms of sponsored videos. So I'm trying to front load as much of that production as I possibly can. So honestly, I've been pretty boring lately and I had a couple of um, paid Instagram jobs that I spent this weekend filming. I actually had my video editor come out and spend the day with me. And we just kind of like, we're like, okay, we're going to sit down today and we we're going to make like, I, I can't remember. It was like three Instagram reels, three sets of stories. It was, yeah, it was, it was just like a bunch of paid stuff. So it's not super interesting to do, but Hey, it's going to pay the bills. It's going to support my next few months of video making. So I'm very mm-hmm. happy to do that work. Yeah, no doubt. No yeah. doubt. I've got I got one coming up that I've got to do and they wanted this is the first time I've ever had someone explicitly ask for a TikTok video. Oh, okay. So I'm one of those people now. Okay, can can I let you in on something that I did with these brands? Uh so I was making reels for them for Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I said, "Hey, down. I could also post these on TikTok." For, yeah, buddy. Yeah, so I was, I was trying to upsell. Nobody's emailed me back yet, so we'll see if the upsell oh, yeah. actually works. But I've been on TikTok for, I don't know, three, four months now, or weeks, I should say, three, four weeks now, and I'm already up to 30,000. I mean, allegedly, I'm up to 30,000 followers, according to yeah. their thing. It took me, like, years to get there on Instagram, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's another reason why I don't think the numbers are real, but, hey, I'm happy to... Uh, <laughs> I'm happy to pretend they are. I hate TikTok, but I I know it's 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 going to become crucial. So why not just get on it now? And I just slap stuff on there and then close it. Exactly, and it's you know what? It's just like another avenue to be out there. It doesn't take me any extra work because I post the same things on Instagram mm-hmm. and TikTok. Spoiler alert: yeah. nobody should bother following me on both platforms because. It's I the mean, same thing. yeah, you're going to see the same thing no matter what I get. I'm a little saucier in the comments on TikTok, but that's about it. <laughs> I don't even know how to look at comments on TikTok. Oh, really? I swear, like I genuinely don't know how to look at them. I mean, that's a better way to live. It's just a better <laughs> way to live. My, my, my game plan on TikTok is that I post the same videos on Instagram, but I put some egregious comment in there. Oh, like, nice. like a caption yeah, just yeah. to get people fired up. My, and then my- like. My captions are like 90% saucier on TikTok. Oh, yeah. Because you can't, you don't, you can't, uh, the captions can't be long. You only get like, you know, like 140 characters or whatever it is. Yeah. So I just say something like kind of, you know, I don't know, a little, uh, little risque or a little, a little provoking. And 
pocket holes are the strongest joinery you can make. Exactly. That's a good one. And then like a winky face afterwards or something like that. And then you just you yeah. get the people a little fired up. It's fun. Th- throw away your Milwaukee tools. That's another <laughs> yeah. good one I had. <laughs> I don't know how to look at comments, but that one blew up. So uh, must have been something doing something right. right. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, Eric. I think so. we should answer at least one question in this podcast. Okay. I got one from longtime friend I've been talking to, um, Trip Southern. Good name. So I don't know if you know him. Good. No, I don't. But great name. Yeah. So here's one. He says, "Actual question for y'all's podcasts." <laughs> I remember Zach saying that his grandfather, a well-known Toronto wood sculptor who has made large works of art by gluing up small pieces of wood would never use clamps. Instead, he relied on the surface tension to fully hold the two pieces together. Ask Zach how he applied that glue. Was it on one or both surfaces? Thick or thin? Okay. Uh, I mean, it's been a little while since I was in the shop working with my grandfather. It's funny, I was actually... So, uh, my grandfather lives in a condo, and Mm -hmm. part of the... He did this big piece that's like these wood dowels um, that sits in the lobby of the building. So the the construction company basically contracted him to make this big sculpture for the lobby. And then he got a big discount on his condo when he bought it. Um, yeah. And I'm working on this, this the alien table, so-called, mm-hmm. um, which is inspired by this piece. So today I was in the lobby of my grandfather's condo just filming some B-roll sequences of it for my YouTube video. Um, okay. So it's funny that this question should come up because he's like asking about the thing that where I was, I happened to be today. Yeah. Anyways, so yeah, what he would do is he would get a, he would just use regular wood glue, wouldn't thin it out or anything. He would brush it onto both sides with uh with a, a small artist brush because keep in mind we're talking about wood dowels right so he was basically mm-hmm. connecting pucks of wood uh to mm. each other and so there's very a very small actual like surface contact area right like you imagine two circles butting into each two hard circles butting into each other you have like a razor thin little contact strip oh, there yeah. right so he would mm. just paint it onto both sides push the pieces together and like let them sit there and it was hmm. like this thing has been in the lobby of that condo for 10 years now, maybe probably even more than that, honestly. And it still looks like the day that we made it. Now, it's crazy. At a certain point, you start to get like a network effect, right? Because you have yeah. you have your circle, you, you, you know, you attach the circle to one circle and then you put another one between the two circles. And then all of a sudden it's touching two circles and then the next one's touching three and then it just kind of grows from there. So eventually, like the one in the like the circle in the middle is like touching in a bunch of different places, but it's still really, really small contact areas. That makes sense though, right? Because instead of having one glue joint that you're relying on for maximum strength, you've got a million glue exactly. joints. So like exactly. you have to have a catastrophic failure for that thing to mess up. Yeah. Yeah, he's actually, it's interesting. I was thinking about making a video. Um, I was in, I was visiting my grandfather the other day and he's in his storage unit. He's got one of these pieces where one of the glue joints did actually fail. And Uh-oh. it's, um, it's this big, it's probably like six feet wide, three feet tall 
piece. And the only reason it failed was because it was connected to a plywood base. And the plywood base shifted and moved around a little bit. And there was like, we didn't use slotted connections or anything like that to connect the actual sculpture to the base. Um, so it ended up pulling apart near one of the mounting points. But remember, um, Zach, what everybody says, plywood doesn't ever move. Well, right? actually, you know what? I, that's that's probably is true. I think what actually happened is the piece itself shrunk a little bit. Sure. And the plywood actually <laughs> stayed stable. <laughs> plywood does move a little bit, especially the cheaper plywood. Oh, for sure. For sure. The, yeah, like the the you know, construction grade stuff that you get at Home Depot, that stuff will go wingy on you like, like nobody's it's business. Wet. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I was thinking about making a YouTube video about repairing that piece. I thought I, I honestly think that would do great. But you got to you got to give it a real zingy title or something. I know, like that. I know, I know something about like maybe like plywood does move or something like that. Oh, interesting. That'd get people fired up. I was thinking to use your um, your strategy of putting the dollar value in the title would be like mm-hmm. me looking really nervous and be like repairing this twenty thousand dollar sculpture or something like that Ooh, like yeah mm. <laughs> that's good that's good yeah Ooh, i like that i think that one would do pretty well yeah it would be a relatively easy one to make too and you know make my grandpa happy so i might i might end up doing that yeah you know what didn't do well though what? is that last video i put out about the the wall mounting the makita charger Man, I tried everything. I changed the thumbnail. Uh, I even changed the title to like fixing the was it like fixing the worst thing about Makita tools. Yes, still I still nothing. Nothing. Still uh, nothing. You know what though? It the I so I commented on that video earlier today. Yeah, I saw that. Um, <laughs> I thought you would appreciate the comment. Um, but the only reason that I saw that it came up was because I actually got a desktop notification on my computer. It was like Eric Spensley's like it popped up in the bottom right corner of my computer, which never what happens. Like I window I just upgraded to the new version of Windows and I think it's got like some algorithmic like recommendation thing. But it's never recommended a YouTube video to me before. And all it of a sudden just felt bad for me. <laughs> 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 no, I think that means you have to be doing something right because it's like, you know, you're caught up in like another layer of algorithms. It's not just the YouTube algorithm. It's like the Windows 11 Windows, recommendation man. algorithm. Ugh. Yeah, well, I got I got some I got some potential bangers coming out here soon. Good. I'm looking forward to them. I got I got a bunch coming out. I like that. But it was a fun little video, man. It was a short one. You yeah. know, I, I think it's one that's going to you know, steadily pick up a couple views because sure. people get Makita tools and they're like, how the hell do I put this thing on the yeah, wall? Definitely. So, you know, nothing fun, but to live in. let's see. <laughs> what else what do we, we got? got? Let's um, take a random pick here. So mm, I th- I'm going to hit it with a slightly shorter one. Okay. And then we can, we can, you know, really knock some of these out in the after show. Josh Tinter. Tinter. We've heard from Josh Tinter before, have we not? Well, Josh Tinter sent in about 50 questions, and we're not complaining. Thank you, Josh. Yeah, he was he was all in when I asked him for questions. Nice. He said, mm, you, could, you could answer this singularly or plural. Oh. What are some of the biggest purchases you regret making? 
in your journey? We'll just say like uh, content creation, woodworking as a whole. Oh, boy. Uh, regretful purchases. Do you have anything top of mind? Because I, I need a second to think about this. Well, low-hanging fruit is a miter saw, but, you know, we discussed that. <laughs> yeah. So we'll move on from that. Um, <laughs> I think for me, it's it's kind of a vague term, but it's what I tell everybody is don't buy tools that you think you need. Yeah. Only buy tools that you know you need. So, like, if you're looking at a project and you're like, eh, that might be helpful to have, don't buy it. Yeah. Only buy it when you're like, oh, my gosh, I need this. Mm -hmm. Like, if you're tiling a bathroom, you are not tiling that entire bathroom by cutting the tiles with an angle grinder. Yeah, yeah. Buy a tile saw. Yes, yeah, good advice. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's something like that. Or, like, I bought a belt sander because I was like, oh, this, you know, everybody has belt sanders. This would be a quick way to, like, flatten rough wood. You ever tried flattening something with a belt sander? It's yeah. I used to do that. That used to be how I would flatten glue ups. I would like glue everything together. Oh. I'd be like, time to get out the belt sander and spend the next three hours sanding this thing. <laughs> and then you attempt to collect the dust out of the belt oh, sander. Good I wouldn't even try. I would just let no. it go everywhere. I would just be filthy at the end of the day. I like honestly, unless you're doing something just absolutely egregious, where like you didn't even attempt to line the boards up. Throw like 60 grit, 80 grit on a random orbit sander and you yeah. should be fine. Yeah, yeah. Or do what I did and invest in a drum sander. I love that thing. Yeah. Oh, man. As soon as I'm telling you, as soon as I get out of the apartment. Yeah. First thing, getting a joiner. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because having, I, I can flatten wood and I did a video on it where you basically like pick like a, a sled and you put hot yep. glue under it and yep. like shim it and yep. stuff. It works. Time consuming though, right? Oh, man. It's a nightmare. Yeah. But 100% getting a joiner. Yep. Then I'll I'll probably stick with my planer until it dies or whatever. Because mm -hmm. really a 13-inch planer is fine for most people. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't even know that there's really anywhere to go from 13 unless you're going to step all the way up to like a 24 or something like something huge yeah. like that. Like yeah. I've seen some 16s and stuff out there, but a 16-inch planer always ends up being like, 2500 bucks and then a 24 inch one's like 3000 it's like man yeah. i would just spend the extra 500 bucks and get the the really big yeah. one so i'd get maybe a, a planer and then a better dust collection system for sure because yeah. the one i have some like 200 dollar dust collection system like it's fine if to have like a five foot hose on it yeah. but I mean, you got to smack that bag out all the time and i thought about getting a canister filter for mm -hmm. it but Excuse me, that would cost just as much as the dust collector. So, right. like, why wouldn't I just get a better one? Yeah, yeah, but, that's true. <laughs> but so, belt sander, I regret. Regret. Um, what else do I regret? Oh, I regret something recently. Okay. Holy moly! I got an. I was I posted it on my uh, Instagram stories. Got two Brad nailers for the project that I'm doing now, which is like the the garage renovation thing. Yeah. And I got, because I had a bunch of batteries, I got the Orange Tool brand. Um, Holy hell. Not good? These are the worst nail guns I have ever used. <sighs> so I put the battery in, you know, push, you have to push a little tip in. That's the safety. Press the trigger and then like 
the light would just blink. So I'm like, oh, it's jammed, right? Because usually, like, if the light blinks, it's like an error code. Yeah, okay, yeah. So, you know, check it out. Not jammed. Put it back in. It'll fire, like, one nail. Go to fire the next nail. Light blinks again. So I'm like, what the hell's going on? I found if I took the battery out Mm -hmm. and put the battery back in, I can fire a nail. So I've literally, yeah, I've literally had to take the battery out after almost every single nail. Really? What? Uh, Did you like look online? Is this a common issue with it? Like, yeah. So a lot of people have said that like when it's cold, but it's not that cold. It's like 40 out. Yeah, that's like normally you have to be like below freezing to start having issues with the batteries. And especially if it's coming like right off the charger, it should be fine. It's not like the batteries is like freezing cold or hot or anything. It's yeah. like because a lot of times I'll keep the batteries inside my apartment and just take them outside. It's like fresh battery and it immediately jams. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna try like lubing up the the little piston that like comes mm-hmm. out and like shoots yeah. the nail down. That doesn't do anything either. I was like, all right, I'm gonna try a different battery. I'm gonna try different nails both of these guns were doing the exact same thing really yeah so do you take them so back to the store 100 percent, they're going back <laughs> well i'll be i'll be curious to see if whatever you get to replace them has the same issue but i suspect that they won't <laughs> well i i suspect what's gonna happen knowing me is that i'll wait i'll just deal with it to, till the end of the project yeah. then i'll return the nail guns because i don't really use nail guns that often yeah, and then i'll enough. just be done with them you know I have what I, mean? I have a couple of cordless Dewalt nail guns and I love them. I think they're the yeah. best. I use them. I, uh, mine are, uh, are they eighteen gauge or sixteen gauge. Oh, I can't remember off the top of my head. Probably eighteen. Yeah, I use them for installing trim and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. fantastic, love them. They'll shoot I like the right. So, what you what were you saying? No, <laughs> I had the Ryobi one before. I've heard that's good honestly, too. I didn't have a single issue. That was one of the best Ryobi tools I ever had. Yeah, I they just, kind of pioneered the cordless nail gun. I remember seeing cordless Ryobi nailers before anybody else was doing it. They've got a lot of very interesting cordless ones. But I yeah. mean, for me, I guess that would be another tool that I kind of regret buying at the time. That was the, I have no use for a nail gun, but I see a lot of people use them. Right. I better spend yeah, totally. $150 on a cordless nailer that I use like three sleeves of nails on. Yeah. Okay, so I think I finally have a, a proper answer for this question. Right. You've given me a lot to think about, but um, mm-hmm. I think it's my router table extension for my mm. saw stop. That- Oh, this is, this is interesting. I wanna hear this. Yeah, so it was something that I bought kind of on impulse. So I bought it before the shop was even finished. I was like, this is going to mm-hmm. be a sweet upgrade. I'm going to upgrade the table saw. Like, we're, as soon as, like, the, the shop is done, we're going to get it all set up. Anyways, ended up sitting in the box for probably two or three months because I didn't have a specific <laughs> use for it. And then yeah. I went to install it. Come to find out, saw stop must, even though this is a saw stop router table extension specifically uh-huh. designed for the saw stop saw I have. They must have changed something ever so slightly about the saw stop saw. Like the bolt pattern? The bolt, exactly. So I go to bolt up this this router table extension to it, and it doesn't really fit. So I'm looking at it, I'm like, okay, well, I guess I can put it on the left side of the saw blade, but I really wanted to put it on the right side of the saw blade. Mm -hmm. Anyways, I put it on the left side for a while. I hated it there because it was kind of killing the flow through my shop. 
Mm-hmm. So I ended up having to modify the like the out or the extension wing. I had to drill some new holes in the rail of my saw stop, um, like the thing that the the fence slides along. I don't know what you call that. that there's like a, the yeah, there's like T square rail. Exactly, exactly. It's like really nice, like powder coated steel, glossy steel, and I'm just drilling right through smacking it. it. And yeah, yeah. And uh, so I did that. I get it installed and had to go out and buy a a router lift for it, uh, a new router for it. By the time it was all said and done, I was probably about $2,000 into this router table extension. And I think I've used it generously three times. Yeah. And it's it's I violated your very succinct rule i was like it'd be fun to have a router table extension i see a lot of people online with this router table built right into their uh table saw i was like if i have it then i'll use it more often Mm -hmm. but i didn't have any real use for it so it just kind of sits unused 99 percent of the time so it's funny that you mentioned that because um I'm actually highly considering getting rid of my router table. Oh, the free, I've got like that cast iron one that's like freestanding. It'll stand built like drawers and stuff around yeah. it. It's 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 nice. Like it's a fantastic table with the lift and everything. But like you said, I just I don't use it yeah. as much as I don't use it enough for the amount of money I spend on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it was well over a thousand dollars. It's like the cast iron top. It's got like. The Rockler Pro Lift. It's got the fence. It's got the stand. Yeah. You know, so I think I'm gonna probably see if anybody following me, yeah, has like in 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 the Columbus area wants it, yeah. and I give it to them killer deal because I'm just trying to get rid of it. But one of the videos that I'm doing for Craig this summer that I signed up for is I'm actually gonna make a table saw router table like in the extension wing okay yeah so i'm curious i haven't designed it yet Mm -hmm. what things do you think i should be like cautious about or like what do you wish you could change if you could start from the beginning oh if i could start from the beginning i think i would actually i might get just not have it I might get one of those freestanding ones and then yeah. like tuck it out of the way somewhere and just bring it out when I need it. Honestly, yeah. now that I've gone through all the effort of getting it set up, I am like, I've used it and I'm happy with it when I use it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it works well. I just don't find myself using it that often. And mm-hmm. given how much energy I put into getting it set up, I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't do it again. But now that it's there, it's yeah. like, I'm not going to get rid of it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what it's what type what surface is your table saw or would you be putting the lift in? Is it just going to be like, you know, like a Formica or something like that? Yeah, so the main body like the main like 20 inches right above where the motor is is cast iron. Okay. The then like the extension wings are this really really crappy stamped steel so like you can press on it and the whole thing just falls in oh okay which was why i'm like all right i'm gonna ditch these and i'm gonna get like some baltic birch plywood okay and then i'm gonna do a skim coat of tabletop epoxy over it so it's like really hard really slick yep and 
I guess I guess what I don't know is my shop, the longer side of my table saw, you know, where it extends to 30 inches, mm-hmm. is like against the wall, mm-hmm. right? So I've considered putting the router lift on that side. Yeah. However, I think putting it there might make it a little more out of reach. Oh, interesting. Uh, I mean... <sighs> I'm trying to think if there's, again, I haven't really used mine that much, so I might not be the best person to talk about this. Yeah. But I don't know. Usually when I'm coming at my router bit, I'm coming from the left side, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I can't, I'm, I don't think there's ever been a scenario where I've wanted to come at it from the right. Mm-hmm. So having it against the wall might not be the end of the world. Like, frankly, my, my uh, router may as well be against, the the far wall of my shop as well mm-hmm. um so i don't know that there would be anything wrong with doing it that way yeah i mean worst case scenario i just move it and i make another video about it that's true you know it's a <laughs> <laughs> i can see the thumbnail now it's it's you with your hands on your head and it says i made the worst mistake when it came to my router table i shouldn't have done this yeah exactly yeah but I think it'll be it'll be interesting because the whole plan is like I want to like basically be like, okay, guys, all you do, you buy a router lift, and then I'm gonna show you everything else that you're gonna do yeah. by hand. You yeah. don't have to buy anything. Yeah. And if you don't even want a router lift, you could just, you know, drill your router into the bottom of the table or whatever. I mean but most I, people I go get a lift. Yeah, I was gonna say for most people I would uh I would plan on getting the lift. Some sort of remote switch is really nice so that you can turn on the router without like, you know, getting under there. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Some nice integrated storage, you know, for your bits. And you're going to need the uh, the wrenches to to change the uh, chuck on it or the collet and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Trying to think what else for my router fence, because it's on a cat. This won't really apply to you, but maybe for the listeners out there, because it's in a cast iron top, I actually made my router fence magnetic. So I got some mag switch magnets oh. and so I can just like literally put it anywhere and then I just flick a couple switches and it's locked into position, which is really handy and helpful. That is one problem I have with my router table fence now is it's done. It's like quarter 20 yeah. bolts and well, then it has like the twist knobs on the top. Yeah. You have to absolutely crank those yes. down Yeah, yeah. for them to stay tight. Yeah, you might consider doing like some T-tracks or something like that. Mm, I think I got, I think Craig sent some. Oh, they gave you like, yeah, yeah. I think they have like a little kit or something, right? I think they have like a build your own router. I don't know. They sent me a whole box of stuff. I haven't opened it yet, but (laughs) yeah. So speaking of Craig, Mm -hmm. I teased some top secret information last week that I told people we were going to talk in the after show about, and we didn't. So, so. I think now would be the perfect time to head over to the after show and talk about that top secret information that I think people might be pretty interested in. All right. Sounds like a plan. So this week, should I hop on the plane and come down to Ohio to meet you for the after show? Because you've been coming yeah, up here. Yeah, that'll work. Yeah, okay. I know. You know, it's next week. I'll come <laughs> up there next week for the after show. But so anybody out there who's listening, you know, if you do want to hear special secret news and you want to just support us what we're doing with the podcast get access to the after show which we talk for another you know we wanted it to be about 20 minutes but usually turns into about an hour (laughs) i think i think last week we might have done 90 minutes it was insane 
Yeah. So our after show is just more of us talking. We really, really try to get to the questions more. Um, but yeah, if you know, join us over at the after show, you can get, if you join us on Patreon, you can get a shout out, you can get priority answering to your questions and a ton of other perks. I think you've just wrapped it up very nicely. So I would just like to say to all the nice people out there, thank you so much for spending the last hour with us on our ghost hunting podcast. And we will see you next week. See you guys.